Welcome to this podcast from Mess to Miracle. Christianity plays a huge role in the fabric of our lives. To be honest, life is messy. Yet in the midst of the mess, God still uses us. The fact that God does is a miracle. This podcast is designed to inspire you in your walk with God and connect you with people and ministries that could be a blessing in your life. You will hear inspiring stories of believers exercising their faith to create miracles in their community. Welcome to From Mess to Miracle. My guest today is Pamela D. Smith. Highly dedicated, intuitive, and empowerment-driven, Pamela is a leading prayer leader, an award-winning author, and a Christian life coach. She's an exceptionally passionate individual who leverages her love for spiritual development, personal growth, and inner healing to drive purpose in others and uses her literary talent to mentor and to share God's Word. Pamela has been highly sought out for her work, being featured on the author's show, Sheen Magazine, in Style Atlanta, Today's Purpose Woman, Glambitious Online, Bronze Magazine, and Dallas Voyage. Pamela was born and raised in a small country town in northern Louisiana and is currently living in Arlington, Texas with her husband and three sons. She holds an undergraduate degree from Louisiana Tech University and a master's in business administration from IAU University. We welcome Pamela to the show. Well, so good to have Pamela on the show, and we're here to talk about her book, While at the Altar, Becoming a Resilient, Healed, Whole Woman Through the Power of Prayer. So it's good to have you on, Pamela. Thank you so much. It's good to be on. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to connect with a fellow Louisianian. We we are small but mighty in our ability to impact the world for the gospel. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So give me some the best advice you've ever received. The best advice I ever received was from um, a minister at the church we attended while we were living in Houston, Texas. I was going through a rough time just all around personally, in my marriage, financially. And I would always go to her and ask for prayer. And I would always tell her, just pray, agree with me in prayer that God would get me out. And this last time I went to her, She told me, look, you don't need more money. You don't need a divorce, any of that. You just need some strength. And she told me, sometimes stop asking God to get you out of things and just ask him for strength. Because if you're asking him to get you out of things, you won't learn the lesson intended for you to grow spiritually and personally. And so from that day forward, I learned to not always ask God to get me out of certain situations, but to ask him for strength to endure through the situation. Yeah, but don't you want to get out of it? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But sometimes that's not always perfect. No, I know. Unfortunately, I keep saying, you know, guys, there's some other pathway. You know, Jesus said it. I think I should be able to try it too. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us something about yourself that the millions listening don't know about you. 
Um, those listening who don't know me personally don't know my absolute love for lemonade. Oh, wow. <laughs> those, who know, <laughs> those who know me pretty well know that there's an obs- obsession with lemonade, so much so to where if I go to a restaurant and they don't have fresh squeezed lemonade, not the minute made lemonade. <laughs> I'm pretty tempted to just get up and leave and go and eat somewhere else. That's, so and, how do you find that where you are? Because it's hard to find fresh made lemonade. Yes. Well, Chick-fil-A, I really love their lemonade. And Papado's has some really good fresh squeezed lemonade. Okay. I had to keep that yeah. in mind. <laughs> yes. So you wrote this book, and I'm kind of curious about people's journey a lot of times. And and so something you you had in your in your outline said you had to live with anxiety. So tell us what's, what's it like being a Christian woman dealing with anxiety? Well, it can be defeating if you allow it to. One of the things I've had to learn over the last few years is accepting that this is something that I have, something that I deal with, but learning ways to manage it And because of that, I'm able to live a normal life. One of the difficulties with having anxiety and being a Christian, for me, being raised in the South, being raised Baptist, is growing up, I was always taught that therapy was a bad thing. So to go to therapy and you were a Christian, you really didn't have any type of um, mental thing going on, any type of um, physical thing going on to wrestle with something like that. I was taught meant that you were actually wrestling with a demon. Yeah. And so for so many years, uh, it kept me from therapy, not only where anxiety is actually related, but just life in general. It kept me from therapy because to be a Christian, I was taught was to me that If you needed therapy, then there was a lack of faith or you needed to increase your prayer life. And so it was embarrassing for so long to even admit that, hey, I'm having these bad anxiety episodes and I need to do something about it. But now that I'm no longer ashamed because I know that God gives us tools to use and to partner with him to overcome and to live victoriously. So. I went to a therapist, saw, you know, therapy for the anxiety issues, found way, practical ways to manage. And so I'm able to live normal with it. That's great. You know, one of the things I remember as, as a pastor, um, I had to kind of teach my congregation was we misquote one verse in the Bible that always just drives me insane. It was a verse where people say, God, will not give you more than you can handle. And they would use that verse for when people were sick or talk about things you're talking about right now. And if you look at the the context of that, that's not talking about illness. It's talking about temptation. And and the word is actually, I mean, the phrase is actually, God will not tempt you beyond what you can bear. And, and, And they take that and use that people in the hospital room and when they're dealing with cancer and all kinds of pain. And it becomes a demoralizing Thing, not an empowering or even uplifting comment for people. 
absolutely because you're you're right i've heard people tell people that who were just going through traumatic situations almost like well god intended for you to go through this or you just need to go through it without seeking any outside help just just pray about it and that that quote that phrase just pray about it has become so cliche until it has crippled people stagnated them in life and prevented them from really seeking practical help. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So you wrote this book, While at the Altar. What do you hope readers gain from reading your book? Um, two important things. One thing is that inner healing is vital. In, in order for us to live a life of freedom, peace, and abundance that Jesus died for us to live, we have to get healed because when we're not healed, we sabotage our freedom, peace, and abundance. And we sabotage every level that God exalts us to because we're not healed and we're taking all of this baggage with us. So in the book, I share my eight-step process to inner healing. I also want people to know that healing is a journey. So it's not like you heal from one thing and then nothing else ever happens. So when you have some practical tools or practical process that you can take yourself through each time you experience something that breaks you or hurts you, then you're on your way to living that life of freedom and abundance. And also the book talks a lot about prayer So I want people to know that developing a fervent prayer life is also very essential to living victoriously. So you're telling me that when I become a Christian, my life doesn't magically all of a sudden get perfect? No. No, there's no magic one. Man. (laughs) Contrary to popular belief, it does not. But, you know, I think some people also fall into that trap, too. It's like if, if I become a Christian uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, somehow my life magically has no more problems. Absolutely. that You're right. That's a trick. And they look at other Christians who may be going through a trial or a season of difficulty as if, oh, they must be doing something wrong or they're not who they really say they are because look at what they're going through. Right. Mm-hmm. So you talk about your eight-step process. What what are those eight steps to healing? Those eight steps are commitment. You have to first be committed to allowing God to heal you. He may do that through practical tools, therapy, other things, but you have to be committed to it. Then you have to identify what it is in your life at that particular time that you need healing from. Then you have to acknowledge the third step. You have to acknowledge that Jesus is the ultimate source of healing, but there are resources and it is okay to use those resources. Then there's purging. You have to purge yourself of whatever it is that you're holding on to that is preventing you from moving forward. Then you have to pray. You have to develop a fervent prayer life and ask God to give you the strength Ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to keep you going back to whatever it is that may have broke you. You have to forgive an absolute must because without forgiveness, you're still toting the baggage. So you have to find out 
who it is that you need to forgive or what it is that you need to forgive yourself from so that you can move forward. Then you have to repent for any part that you played into you being broken, any parts you played into hindering your forgiveness, any parts you played into just deliberately holding on to whatever it was that you went through. And then you have to replace that with thoughts of peace, love, and joy as you move forward in your healing. That's great. A couple of those that really I, I want to dig into a little deeper, the, the purge thing. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a, a story I once heard about a, an elder who would come to every single elder meeting and have the same prayer, you know, Lord, please clean all the cobwebs, you know, out of my closet. Um, and, and one time the elders just got tired of hearing that prayer and they just responded back, Lord, just kill the spider, you know, because <laughs> we keep, we keep those things in the closet and we don't really deal with the issues that lead us down those pathways. Mm-hmm. And, I heard this great um, Christmas sermon on Sunday where the guy said, the beauty about being a Christian is God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, enters your life and and he wants you to purge your life of those things that are going to hinder your relationship with him. And, And being a Christian, you know that those things that maybe you did before, you give them up not because... You have to, but because you want to, um, <laughs> you want to give up because it, it does it does get between you and the connection you have with God, and so right. it's it's really about purging out of your life those things that are just not healthy for you, and are healthy with your connection with Him. And I also love the thing about forgive. We we have a really hard time with forgiveness. Forgiveness. <laughs> and and I heard somebody once say about forgiveness. They said, you know, it's like drinking poison, hoping the other person dies. Yes. Holding on, <laughs> holding on to that resentment. Yes. And so I think those are all critical parts. And that idea of repentance is going back to kind of the person again is, you know, repentance means to turn around and go in a different direction. Right. Don't keep going down the same path over and over again. Absolutely. And I know that forgiveness thing has been big for me because I was big on Okay, I forgive them, and my way of forgiving them was I'm just not going to go back around them or I'm not going to, I don't want to hear the mention of their name and things like that where I wasn't truly forgiven. I was really just covering up the issue. Right. But I felt like if I forgave, then that meant they had gotten away with something and I couldn't let them get away with it. <laughs> right, that's right. Exactly. I wasn't going to do anything bad to you. I wasn't going to say anything bad about you because I didn't even want to hear the mention of your name, but I, I couldn't let you get away with it and just forgive you. <laughs> right, that's right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what's been the reaction to your book? I mean, it sounds like you had some good content there. Yes, um... The book won a Literary Titan um, Gold Medal Award. It also was on the Amazon bestseller list for a few weeks. Now, I did release the book April 2020, so I didn't get a chance to do a whole lot of um, person-to-person things with it. 
And because everything on social media was just consumed with safety and things like that, I didn't really do what I really had intended to do with it. But that's why last month I decided to kind of relaunch the book and start back talking about the book and promoting it. And that's what I plan to do um, for all of next year to really promote this book. Great. I always ask this question of authors because to me, writing is a, is a fun endeavor, but mm-hmm. it's also a journey. And yes. my own journey of writing my first book was the fear of how transparent do I want to be in this book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm kind of curious, what did you learn on your journey as you wrote this book? I learned, um, for one, it was very therapeutic for me to even talk about things on the surface. Although I didn't get really deep with a lot of things um, on the surface, just realizing that, hey, as I'm writing, it's like the Holy Spirit started bringing up stories I had heard or people I knew who had gone through some of the same things. So it was a reminder that when I share my story, it's gonna connect with someone else who has possibly gone through the same thing that I have gone through. And so we're helping someone else who may later go through it. So it taught me not to be so embarrassed or ashamed of my story, because when I tell it, I actually take power over the thing that once took power over me. Right. Anything I should ask you about the book that I didn't ask you? No, I don't think so. I think the biggest thing about it is that eight-step inner healing process, and I go in-depth. It's it's interactive, so I go in-depth and give some exercises for readers to actually do through each process. That's always helpful. The, the follow-through makes those books uh, about, you know, it's about spiritual things more, more concrete for people to kind of say, okay, let me put some of these things into practice. Exactly. So here's a question I love to ask all of my guests. What do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be that I understood that only what I did for Christ will last. I want my legacy to be that I inspired others to cultivate their relationship with Jesus through prayer and then inspired them to use prayer as their fuel to live victoriously. Because it's through the praying having that one-on-one intimate time with Jesus that we receive direction and correction through life. So that's what I want my legacy to be. She was a praying woman who inspired others to pray. That's great. That's amazing. So where can they find your book and where can they find you at on social media? My book can be found on my website, www.pameladsmith.net. It's also available on Amazon. The um, e-books are available on Barnes & Nobles, wherever books are sold. And I can be connected with on Instagram at Pamela D. Smith 1 or Facebook, Pamela D. Smith. Well, thank you, Pam. I'm so glad you came on and may God bless you as you get this book out and more people connect with that. Because I think what you have to offer is just, is just amazing for people to kind of walk through that process. And, and, and at the end of it, remember that they're a forgiven child of God and God wants to have a connection with them and a relationship with them. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show. And you have a blessed new year. You too. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week on From Mess to Miracle. Make sure you visit our website at HHTPS from mess to miracle.buzzsprout.com. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts so you never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would appreciate a rating on iTunes. If you simply like to tell a friend about the show, you will help us get the message out to bless more people. If you like this show, you might want similar content. You can follow my blog at www.alightbreakthrough.org. Be sure to tune in two weeks from now for our next episode. Just remember, out of our messiness, God makes miracles. <laughs>